Hi, I'm Mike Rueda, and welcome to Leveling the Playing Field, a podcast where I explore topics relevant to those who make a career out of their talent. My guests, who are experts in their field and advisors of successful artists, entertainers, and athletes, will share professional insight and personal experiences, which I hope you find helpful and interesting. So thank you for listening and enjoy. Family law touches on some of the most personal and complex issues that lawyers deal with. When your clients are public people, the circumstances can become a lot more challenging as the issues tend to play out in the public eye. My next guest has been recognized as a super lawyer in family law and named among Hollywood Reporter's top 20 lawyers for divorce. Samantha Klein, a partner in Withers LA office, has nearly 20 years of family law litigation experience, representing high net worth and high profile clients from different fields, including the entertainment and sports industry, executives and entrepreneurs, and their spouses. Samantha concentrates much of her practice on advising on complex financial issues, custody disputes, and parenting issues. She's also trained to represent children in high-conflict custody proceedings and also advises in the area of cohabitation, prenuptial, and postnuptial agreements. Samantha's practice also includes mediation services where she works with both sides of a dispute to help them through the process and to find a common ground for settlement. Samantha, it's a pleasure to have you with me. I've been looking forward to speaking with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Like I said, I've been really looking forward to speaking with you. I have a, I have a ton of questions about what you do, but I'm going to kick it off with asking you to, to tell us a little bit about your practice and how it developed. You know, I found family law in kind of the strangest way. I thought when I went to law school that I was going to practice one area of law. And then all of a sudden I was like, this is not for me. It was enjoyable. I liked it, but I just, I couldn't see myself doing it long-term. And I decided to volunteer my time at a nonprofit. It happened to be a family law nonprofit and I was hooked after day one. And since then I have not stopped trying to learn and grow and help lots of different people through this really, really challenging time. I was fortunate enough that when I started practicing, I started at one of the best firms, boutique firms in the country with some of the best lawyers people who were smart, top of their game, who wanted to train people and wanted, wanted to teach people and wanted to do it a different way where you could make a deal on a napkin. Mm-hmm. And that was the kind of respect. And that's how I was taught and mm-hmm. how I've tried to model my practice ever since. Wow. So when people think about family law, they tend to immediately think about prenuptial agreements and marital disputes. But obviously, your practice involves more than that. Can you give us a little more insight in some of the more nuanced and complex financial custody and parenting issues and matters that you advise your clients on? The practice of family law involves so many different things, from dividing up estates to figuring out who's going to run a business after divorce. We want to make sure that these families go forward and the kids have everything that they need from services to support from their families. And we want to make sure that couples are able to move forward in the most constructive way possible. So how do we do that? We have lots of tools in our toolbox and we bring those in and we bring in forensic accountants who can ensure and make a client feel like they know everything about the finances. And to bring that assurance to the table is very meaningful. Dividing up estates is more than how much is on each side of the balance sheet. It's about how you're gonna live your life moving forward and the security that you feel. And it doesn't matter how much money a family might have. 
there is still that level of wondering, is it going to be enough? Will I be able to keep my kids in private school? Will they have some of the benefits that I always thought they had and that I worked so hard to provide for? And then there's the emotional aspect of it. How will I move forward? Will I feel safe? Will I find my life again afterwards? Will I date again? I mean, these are all things that come up all the time because real people, like what are the things your friends would want to know about? And what would you want to say to the, be able to say to them? Yeah. So it's, it's everything. Absolutely. You started to get into the topic of my next question, right? So a lot of what you provide based on what I'm hearing isn't dealing with a dispute this one time or setting an arrangement in place that doesn't get touched again, right? There are modifications to it. Tell us a little bit about sort of the ongoing counseling advice that you provide clients once you put something in place um, or, you know, settled an arrangement. So the other day, this is a great question because the other day I got a phone call from a client who she and her spouse reconciled a number of years ago, mm -hmm. but she has an ongoing business. And sometimes she calls me just to say, okay, I'm thinking about this. <laughs> what are your thoughts? And it's, even though it's not something I specifically do, she trusts me to provide her with frank, logical guidance on, on her business. I mean, that is one of the fun parts of what I do is those lasting relationships that I build. Yeah. And you know, I, my hope is that they, my clients don't come back to me. My hope is that we've put enough dispute resolution mechanisms in place, safety mechanisms, really, that there are professionals that can come in and really take over. I mean, do you really want to have to go back to your divorce lawyer or your family law lawyer and say, my kids are now five years older and we need to change the schedule because it doesn't work. Right. If you have a if you have a resource that's already built into whatever agreement you have, then you don't need to do that. You can go to a mental health professional, somebody who specializes in custody mediation or high conflict custody cases, who can really guide you in a much different way. It's not just about the law. It also has the benefit of keeping the cost down after these divorces end because they can be very expensive. And that's a big consideration for people. I want to change something, but I don't want to do it in an expensive way. How do I do that? How do I do this in a way that's less potentially damaging to my family and my kids and myself? It's emotionally taxing. So you, you advise on probably the most personal matters for some very public people. How does privacy or lack of privacy factor in to the advice and counseling that you provide your clients? Is it something that you really have to prepare them for? Or given you know who they are, are they prepared for it already or just... Does the subject matter of, you know, what you're involved in just change the dynamic altogether? It's such a good question. You know, in California, the media is so powerful that divorces are not confidential as opposed to other states. And it's, it's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. And my feeling is that the public at large shouldn't be able to know the custody schedule that your kids are following or how much money you're receiving every month for support. There's no reason for it. If you're a celebrity or an athlete or somebody high profile, you should let your work speak for itself. You should be allowed to let your work speak for itself. Right. But instead there's gossip and there's all this stuff that people are so interested. There's the magazines and the tabloid shows. And so 
high profile individuals, their personal lives have become very interesting to people. And so it becomes a, it becomes a very big part of what I do. You know, do we want to file this paperwork with the court? If we do, what information do we not want to include? How do we get the information that we don't want to include so that it's out there in writing for the public to see? That, mm -hmm. how, how does it still get to the judge if we need it to get to the judge? And we need him to have that in him or either one, male or female, to have that information. And that's a tricky part of, of what I do because you know things can get twisted too. Words can get twisted and then suddenly divorce cases become about, or family law cases become about what is the media's perception? How is this going to play? How, what effect is this going to have on my fans? What about the studio? What about my sports team? What about all of these things? What about the parents at my kid's school? What are they going to think if they know all these things? Are my kids going to suffer? And so the considerations are vast and we have to be careful about it. I mean, nobody wants to put their kid in the position too of being able to read about the parents online, right? right? And you know, how damaging could that be potentially? Not just the fact that their parents are getting divorced, which can be challenging in its own right. But if you're getting to the point where parents are in court talking about their kids or talking about their finances, then presumably it's not the easy, simple divorce where people mm -hmm. are able to kind of clog along and just follow the law and do the things they need to do and get to a resolution fairly easily. Instead, they need somebody to come in and make decisions. So mm -hmm. there's the stress of that. And then, I mean, I've seen it many times where a parent says, but what if my kid's teacher sees that? What are they gonna think of our family? And is it gonna change how they teach our kids or where they get into middle school or high school? It's just very different when everything becomes public. And of course we work with PR agencies come into play because clients have people in studios. Absolutely. and entertainment lawyers. And there's just a lot of competing interests on a mm -hmm. financial level as well. Hmm. You mentioned California specifically, obviously you're admitted to practice there, but I know your expertise is you know, in demand around the country. Can you, does the dynamic change outside of California? Maybe the media is less aggressive. You know, and again, it may depend on the individual. And also tell us a little bit about how you work in across the country in states, you know, other than California and how you, you might have to partner up with, with council in, in that particular state. I, I think that would, you know, be interesting to hear about. So a good example is in New York, divorces are confidential, which, mm -hmm. you know, in my view is how it, how it should be for all the reasons I've already said. Um, I think it changes the dynamic as people are able to just not worry about the same level of criticism or um, interest in their, whatever's going on in their family's lives. Part of what I do is consult with people around the country for one reason or another, you know, whether I'm brought in by another lawyer or it's an existing client or a referral from an existing client, people want me to be involved and make sure that they are comfortable with the strategy of their attorney based on the law, mm -hmm. wherever they are. And while I cannot practice law and don't practice law outside of California, you share with me what's going on and I can think logically and problem solve because that's really at the core of it, what I do. I'm a problem solver. And if I'm able to help move a case along, solve problems, help clients, whatever it may be on a daily basis, then I've, then I've done my job and I've done a good job. That's the stuff that I'm proud of. So, you know, how do you solve these problems? And sometimes that means 
bringing in counsel in other jurisdictions or working with counsel in other jurisdictions on their case and saying, okay, well, what if we do this and how does this work and how do we manage this for the client if this is the goal? And that collaboration in different jurisdictions can mean everything to clients. And I mean, again, like I share the example of a former client coming to me and saying, okay, I have this business issue. You know, what do you think? It's right. that as well. Right. And, and I think that's important. It's an important service that I think I can provide and really one that I enjoy. Yeah. So speaking of enjoy, it, you know, it's obvious that you enjoy what you do. Um, and you, you've discussed this a bit uh, over the course of, of our discussion, but what do you enjoy most about the role that you play and the services and advice that you provide and the relationships that you've built uh, with your, your existing clients? I enjoy seeing them go get to the end and feeling like they have these whole lives ahead of them mm -hmm. and they feel positive and comfortable and that they know they're going to be okay. I like helping clients realize that they can do things you know the parent who maybe wasn't involved as much because you know when we're you know couples tend to divide and conquer right? right this one takes on this role the other one takes on that role and so sometimes you don't do something as much sometimes you aren't as you know involved in the day-to-day -day finances or you're not worrying about what activity your kid is going to on tuesday as opposed to wednesday and then when you're faced with doing those things you rise up right you realize right. that you can do it and really lifting clients up to not just feel empowered to direct their divorces or their family law issues, whatever it may be, is a very powerful thing. And it translates. So how do we lift them up so that they can make good reasoned decisions during the process? And how do we keep that going so that they know they're going to be okay and they can do the best things for their families? I think that divorce isn't the end, right? There is, or family law matters are not the end. It's about so much more than that. And it is a hard thing. And it is a really trying time in people's lives. And the more support they're given to go through it gracefully, logically, reasonably, the better they'll feel about themselves at the end of it. And generally the better the relationships they'll have that existed when they were going through this process, whether it is with their former partner or whatever it may be. And that's an important thing to accomplish, being able to look at yourself in the mirror and know you've done the right thing and know you've behaved as you want to behave and know you've fought for the things that were really important to you and that you can feel confident about that. Yeah. Divide and conquer. I mean, you're absolutely right. Parents tend to do divide and conquer. As you said that, I think about the cupcakes I'm supposed to bring in and I thought my wife was bringing in so I, I, <laughs> I need to go uh we need to buy some over the weekend for Monday but um listen as usual I know that uh, as soon as we end this I will have uh, a number of other questions to ask you so maybe we can do this again sometime but I appreciate you joining me I appreciate your time and this was fun it was great. Thank you so much for having me. And don't forget to go get those cupcakes. You have to get them from a place that's really delicious, too. They have to be good. Disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me.